0: What's changed?
1: Everything has changed. (laughs) I had moved one of the lights out for doing commercial breakdown, and I can't figure out how it fit in here before, so now everything got, like, shifted towards the door. I tried to put up my Christmas decorations, but I feel like we ran into this problem last year where you could only see the oi and not the joy.
0: Yeah, it's very Jewish of (laughs) you.
1: Hanukkah probably comes first, I guess, so we'll we'll celebrate Hanukkah first. Oh, and I moved the mic.
0: It is a little off off centered, yeah.
1: I'm not comfortable, but I'll get used to it.
0: <laughs> so you had so you were like Conrad today?
1: Yeah, Con or Connie.
0: <laughs> Whatever you prefer.
1: <laughs> Do you mean with my tree?
0: Yeah. Oh uh, my
1: god. Do you guys have a pre lit tree? No. Do you get a real tree?
0: No, we get a fake tree, but we hang lights on it.
1: Okay. Well when you then. say
0: pre-lit, you mean like it it has lights on it already?
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, no, we don't do that. The tree that we've had, I mean, we've had it since we got married. I think my parents got it for us, so it's twelve years old. Um, it's lasted this long, and like, basically every other tier of lights went out, and I tried all these things, nothing worked. So I'm like, all right, I'm just, I'll just, I'll cut them off, and I'll get new lights, and it should be easier going forward. But like they're <laughs> every light bulb is like attached with this little plastic hook thing. And then those ones aren't so bad to get off but then. They're also kind of um attached with these what do you call those like not twist ties?
0: Pipe cleaners?
1: Not pipe cleaners. Rubber bands? No. Well, whatever it is, it's like maybe just
0: skip whatever it is.
1: (laughs) It's a tie that's really challenging to get off, and I'm using like wire cutters, which I had to buy because we didn't own. Um, Like zip,
0: like zip ties. (laughs) Zip ties, yes. Uh So
1: they're like zip ties that I'm trying to use wire cutters to like get loose, and it's. I spent two and a half hours this afternoon doing that, and I've only got the bottom of the tree done so far. So. It just sucks. Where do
0: you stand on laser projected Christmas lights?
1: Oh, you know what my answer is going to be on this. I am really not a fan of any modern day Christmas decor, especially stuff in the yard. Uh, we've I think we've on previous episodes talked before about my dislike for the giant blow up lawn ornaments. And but you had a really big problem with the projected lights.
0: Yeah, I don't like them. Um, I don't. I don't. I. I think it's quite literally the least you can do <laughs> from a festive <laughs> standpoint. I mean, like it's not even like real lights. You're projecting, and I. I don't really. I. I just don't think they count for you know holiday season. Uh, uh a motif. I don't really think that works.
1: Yeah. At that point, why bother? Right but i feel like you even though i decorate my podcast set and you don't uh you definitely decorate the outside of your house more than than we do i put up a wreath and call it a day
0: <laughs> yeah but that also is very like understated like i think there's also like this contingent of people who are very like you know you know they have like let's say they have like candles in their house you know, they and they're white, like they'll swap out a white candle for a red candle. And like that's supposed to like, you know, set the mood for that. that, And I think that's very understated. I I don't think it has to be completely over the top. Right. It's like it's just annoying enough for you to know that it's holiday season, but no one else really can like get it. Yeah, I think that is like the most snobbish, but yet like (laughs) most appreciated form of celebrating uh, the holiday season.
1: So you're saying you're okay with, it. I mean, you're throwing a lot of like contradictory words here. You're saying it's snobbish, but like when you understate it, I feel like it's like a good, in my opinion, a good thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, but I, sometimes I think people do things that are understated, but it's a very snobbish way. Uh, I'm fine with that. I think snobbish is a good thing.
1: Snobbish. Sometimes. Is, so snobbish decorating better than like, what would you classify the projected lights on the outside of the house? How would you classify that?
0: Uh, gluttonous. It it seems like you're, you know, it's very Clark Griswold-esque, just not with all the work. Uh, Gotcha. You know, it just seems like it's a very lazy way of going about decorating for the holiday season. That candle behind you isn't lit, right? That's actually just one of those like turn-on things you're not really going to like. Are
1: you concerned?
0: Well, we've been on these calls before (laughs) where you know you've had an accident or an alarm goes off or somebody shoots a gun but it ends up being a soda can that exploded like i guess i just want to make sure that i'm not going to be witness to something that i'm going to have to report or you know give my account of later on
1: no it's a fake fake handle okay dug this out of the garage do they look stupid i didn't have those up here last year
0: no they're like a cross between like something that you would see in pottery barn and and something like you know that uh uh Scrooge would be carrying like as he's walking like yeah. one of those kind of like Tiny Tim you know that that thing yeah. yeah that's your that's your motif right there
1: Tiny Tim is my motif Pottery, Pottery Barn
0: <laughs> slash Scrooge
1: <laughs> hi I'm Michelle
0: and I'm Steve and this is a podcast for creatives two friends talking about the complex messy and beautiful experience that is being a creative when you decorate your house for, for Christmas, do, does it, does it always come together? Like right the first time, like when you put everything out, are you constantly tinkering with things? Because I know you as, as like who you are to your core. Like there's a little bit of, I wouldn't call you a perfectionist, but you really very much care about it. So like, are you constantly tinkering with things? Are you moving things around throughout the month of December, December? Or is it like, Nope, everything goes. My mom used to have like, She would take pictures of where things were every year and just look at the pictures every December and put things back each December exactly where they were the year before. There was no, like, you know, design element. It was just this is where this goes. Do you have that, like, tinkering in in your approach?
1: Yeah, I definitely tinker. In fact, you're a tinkerer. Tinkerer. Yeah. Yeah. I put it out there on social media, I think, a, a week ago and said, like, I'm starting my Christmas decorations. I'm starting to put them up. And then here I am a week later, and I still haven't actually done it, unless you count this. And I brought all this stuff up to my office because I have the couch up here now, and um, we had moved the tree upstairs to my office um, for that photo shoot that I was part of. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep it up here. I'm gonna really like deck my deck the halls of my office this year.
0: <laughs> Did you say deck my halls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> really deck my halls kind of trying to make that catch on <laughs> no but like I because like where I was going with this is like I think to your core like you are a designer I mean you're a creator but like you're a designer so like I've always wondered like from 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 a designing perspective not even like in as a graphic artist although you can sort of bring that into this but like do you feel the need to get it right because of who you identify as
1: oh totally I the reason that the real reason that I have not actually decorated is because I'm I'm way overthinking it. I feel like it has to be this piece that I'm going to show on social media. And I'm going to say, okay, I made this big announcement. I'm putting up my Christmas decorations. Now I have to show you what it looks like. And because I am a designer, I feel like I'm being held to a different standard. So it can't just be, I feel like all Christmas decorations look good with the exception of the the lights, the phony lights. Yeah. Um but I want it to be tasteful and I want it to reflect not just to be able to say, "Okay, someone who's a designer put this together." I want someone to say, "Oh, this is Michelle's office. This is Michelle's house and I can I can tell that by the way that she arranged this." So, it's funny that you brought up the whole because you identify as a designer do you decorate in this way? Because I feel like over the last few months, I've been thinking so much about our identities as creative people, because I think most people start in some sort of nine to five job, or at least are familiar with that. So we kind of grow up in the society that is constantly asking you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we feel like we need to pick something. We need to have some kind of title so that when someone asks you when you're a grown-up, like, what do you do? You have like a one or two word answer. And because I started my career as a graphic designer, that's kind of what I stayed with. Even though since my last full-time job, I've done so many different things from photography, content creator and writer and educator. And earlier this year, I, I updated my social profiles to kind of add more of those words. But it wasn't until very recently, a couple weeks ago, when I was working with my friend Muriel um, on this photo shoot in which I was actually modeling for her, which is not a title that I have adopted quite yet. But as I was contributing to the shoot and kind of pointing out things and saying, "Hey, why don't we why don't we try this shot?" or "Oh, hey, these I think these colors might vibrate off each other if we put them next to each other." It just kind of dawned on me that I'm really more of a creative director if I had to give myself a title, but it was a weird thing to proclaim because I didn't I didn't get promoted into that position. No one ever handed me a certificate or said to me, "Okay, Michelle, you you've earned this title. Now you can wear it proudly." So, I guess just curious about your thoughts as someone who has stayed in a more traditional role. If that's something that you've thought about in terms of, I guess, how your employees see you, how your you know your coworkers see you but also kind of like how how you see yourself more like holistically work and create stuff outside of work.
0: I've tried very hard not oh, more lately, I think, since the pandemic hit to not really identify who I am with what I do professionally. And it's hard because, you know, I care about my job and I care about the work that I do and that we do. But, you know, I, I found myself getting more sucked in and getting more wrapped up in everything when I really was trying to You know say this is what I do or this is what I believe in or this is how I you know and it's all great to have those things but then I think it's dangerous when it when it kind of envelops you a little bit because then you sort of feel like you're always chasing yourself you always feel like you're sort of like trying to be on on the cutting edge learn more do more I can't fall behind I can't not know about this I need to and it's exhausting and you know I think as much as I still have those tendencies, I think I've been more successful in thinking about my identity, not so much as what I do, but, you know, who I am as, as, as a dad or who I want to be as a husband. Um, you know, and, and, and I found that to be a little bit more balanced because then I can find that the things that I do professionally still act as a passion, but not necessarily, um, the driving force behind who I am. I think the people I manage the, my, my, my team members, um, you know, I think they, they, they look at me as someone who can help them. I think they look at me as someone who I hope they do. I mean, that's usually what I try to put out there is someone who's there to support them beyond just their work. Um, you know, I, I work, I mean, I've said this before, I work in public relations and digital communications and, the strategy sessions and, 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 and discussions about planning and all of those things are, I, I enjoy that tremendously. It's the biggest, most fun part of what I get to do every day. But I feel like the strides I've made over the last few years have been more in interpersonal communication and really kind of owning that coaching, mentoring role than, um, you know, the strides that I've probably made in specific, you know, tactical, areas of, of, of growth and I think five years ago I wouldn't have been okay with that. Um, now I'm very much okay with that.
1: Do you feel like you judge people based on their titles like if you were to come across someone online or if you were introduced to someone at a conference and they said like hey I'm the director of whatever or hey I even like I'm an associate or do you feel like that that clouds your judgment as to like how important that person might be.
0: Um, No, I, I you know, I hear, I, someone told me recently that people get promoted to positions or go into positions um, sometimes because they earn it, and sometimes because they just back into it. You know, and 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 uh, you know, interviews sometimes are the ultimate crapshoot. You could be the best skilled, smartest person for the job, but if there's someone internal who that person who's hiring likes. That person's going to get the gig, and who's gonna, and they're going to get the title. But I, I, also think it's 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 really hard to BS people today. I, 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 I'm sure it was just as easy decades ago too, or you know, like or not as you know. I'm sure it was it was you know, people people saw through things decades ago too. But for some reason, I just feel like the ease of access to information and the and the ability that people have now to educate themselves in a field in an industry. I think they sense when people are in that imposter role, or they sense when people with titles are not as knowing about something as they are, and it can be frustrating. Um, But I think, from in terms of judging people, um, I always think the proof's in the pudding. I mean, like you, you know, I think you have to, I think you have to be able to show that you're knowledgeable and that you can help move the ball forward. And if if you're not you know, then you're just somebody with an empty title. And and, you know, that's not my problem though. That's their problem.
1: I think I've seen a lot of that in the entrepreneurial space. I've obviously erred on the side of I feel like kinda of underselling myself with with using my title as a like graphic designer for so long. But at the same time, when you work for yourself, you can say you're whatever. You can say I'm, you know, I'm the president, I'm I'm CEO. And, you know, you could just be a guy or just be a girl. And I don't think that that means that that person doesn't operate like a CEO. I mean, I think that there are plenty of people who maybe weren't promoted to a role like that in a in a full-time capacity. But on their own, like, they know that they have their those kind of qualities and that they can lead in that way. And I think that's really cool. Kind of between the two like are people abusing that or are people not doing it enough i feel like i'm i'm erring on the side of like more people should get better about talking about what they're what they're good at better at selling themselves because like you said the the work kind of speaks for itself but it can't just be the work that speaks for itself like the person has to be able to speak for themselves too and that's something that i've really struggle with in the past and something that I feel like I need to work on because I am I'm confident in my skills and what I have to offer so I feel like I need to kind of like work on the other side so that the two match because otherwise I'm I'm kind of I'm being a poor communicator about my own capabilities
0: yeah and I think but from my perspective like what I like about you is that and what I respect about you is is that you're unafraid to try things and When you do try them and you continue to grow your ability in it, you then start to define yourself as that. I mean, we've seen it with graphic, you know, I've seen it with graphic design, but I've also seen it with, you know, coaching. I've seen it with 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 running a business, a small business. I've seen it with podcasting and now I've seen it with this this book. And, you know, you might look at it and say, like, hey, this is only one book. Like, you know, okay, when can you call yourself an author? But I'm reminded of this. You know, I remember after my mom died, I had this, you know, uh, you know, it, it was rough for, for, for a little while trying to get through things. But I can remember having, like, a good day, maybe about, you know, two, three weeks afterwards, like, not feeling guilty about enjoying myself and, and, and being with friends and going out. And I had this thought about, like, well, how long is long enough to grieve like what's the acceptable i mean like but it's different for everybody and like you can still be understanding and processing and learning how to grieve and yet be completely fine with like taking a step forward and saying i'm okay and and i know that's a hard right compared to what we're talking about with identity but like you can write a book or start to do a series of podcasts and say yeah I'm a podcaster. You might not be Joe Rogan, but you're 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 putting one foot in front of the other, um which is more than than some people can say who in that imposter syndrome sort of way want to see themselves in that role but but are not there yet.
1: I think saying that you are the thing that you're trying to become good at is part of what will make you good. Because if you start a podcast, but you're afraid to call yourself a podcaster, then you're not going to show up in the way that you need to show up in order to, to keep it going. And I feel like that's kind of how it was with me in writing, even though I'm a human and it was me trying this new thing and like putting it out there for everyone to see. And of course, every day I'm like, if I fail at this, <laughs> I'm going to look like an idiot. And like no one wants to feel like that way. I had to kind of force myself to say, I am a writer, I'm good at writing, and saying things like, when this gets published, not if this gets published. That little shift is the thing that can make me confidently say, I am a writer, I'm an author.
0: I think the one thing that also gets under my skin, though, and I don't know, like, you know, when someone calls themselves something or identifies themselves as something, but, but... You're not seeing from an outsider perspective, you're not seeing the work being put in or even yourself. You're not putting the work in, but you sort of want to be seen as something that bugs me because I think it's an insult to 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 the industry and the individuals who are trying to improve and get better and put the work in. Have you have you come across those types of situations
1: Yes, I mean, I think all of us in the online space have seen people who are like, "Oh, I'm an expert in this," or "I'm I'm an expert in this." And then you're like, "Who are all these idiot people who are throwing money at this person to listen to their messaging when you know that they just are, you know, just started and don't actually they're people who know more than they do." There's a person that I know who over You know, over the years, I've seen try different things, just as I have, and have kind of known personally that they're not an expert per se on the things that they were selling. And that used to annoy me. But after I kind of got to thinking about it for a while, I realized that this person was really reaching people who were beginners and who wanted to learn from the perspective of someone who just learned it. And I think that there's an audience for that. And I think that there is a space for that. I'm not talking about the people who are like scammers. I think that that's, you know, that's that's like a, a totally different group. But I think I've become more okay with newbie people saying, hey, I just learned this new thing. I'm now going to teach it to you. Especially if they're, if they're being honest and, and upfront about it because I think that there is value in learning from someone from that perspective um, who just went through it. And I've also realized now as, as being an online educator that being an educator is also a skill in itself. And this person, the person who I used to be annoyed with, is a great educator.
0: Is it the end of the world if we do a plug in the middle of an episode for a commercial breakdown? Oh, my God, no. We're sponsoring our own podcast. Yes, it's come we're, up to this. we're
1: allowed to promote other work that we work on on our podcast that we don't get paid it's for. so embarrassing. <laughs> so we started something new. I'm usually going to you with ideas. So I think I was so excited that I barely listened to what you said. And I was like, you know what? Sure, let's do it
0: could have said anything right there at that point in time, couldn't I Michelle and I grew up in the 90s, and we've noticed, I think, over the years that a lot of the uh, references that we end up dropping in our podcast end up coming from that period in our childhood. We were a TV generation, so we remember a lot of these offbeat commercials and a lot of these things that um, were a part of our childhood, and I thought it would be fun to kind of like look back at them. We don't really watch commercials anymore in in this day and age, you know, ads are usually something that we're doing anything that we could possibly do to skip over funny commercials or or commercials at memorable jingles have stayed with us over the years. Uh, and this platform, this, this commercial breakdown show gave us the opportunity to bring some of them back and, you know, relive a few of these moments with, with all of you and, you know, reflect fondly on them.
1: So if you get a chance, go into one of our pod for creative social profiles or go to our website and look for Commercial Breakdown, which is the name of our show. I time this. It takes literally four seconds of your time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that thumbs up button if you have a friend or a sibling or someone um, that you remember talking to about the commercials that, that we're showcasing. Certainly anywhere where you can share it, we would really appreciate it.
0: I don't know. Like, you know, you've had experiences like this too, but, you know, I went to go pick Ryan up today and um, uh, the daycare teacher says to me, uh, she goes, has he said dada to you before? And I went, no. And she goes, we might have something here. And sure enough, like he said it today and, like, and everything that happened just sort of like didn't matter. And it's like that's life for me right now. Like that's life. It's and and you know, I felt like as a kid, I've always, I I, even as as a as you know, a teenager and getting into my twenties, like I knew I wanted to be a dad. Like that's what I wanted to do. And now that it's here, it's very much what I want to do. And um, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't care about and, and try to stay on top of things and grow. And but it's like it's not as much of a thing as it used to be. It doesn't occupy nearly as much space in my head as it used to. And I, for a while, always used to kind of be afraid of that happening because you didn't want to slip. You didn't want to not be seen as, as a leader or somebody who knows or has all the answers. And you just realize that like, you don't have to be that. You don't have to serve that role and I don't know how healthy it is to sort of be that, 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 you know, not expert. Cause I don't think anybody really is an expert. We're all, we're all students and we're all learning, but like that person that people come to, uh, you know, I'm okay with not knowing that. And, um, I think it took being a dad and I think it took, you know, this, this part of this pandemic to, to just sort of open my, my eyes to, you know, what, what I really want to identify myself as. So,
1: I wish that there was a way that we as a society could not put put so much emphasis on having these like titles which feel so heavy and so final kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about like what are you going to be when you grow up like why why should you have to answer that and why should you have to like pick one thing
0: well that's the funny thing because so few people end up being what they want to be when they grew up it's to the point where like when you hear somebody say, when you hear Derek Jeter say, I wanted, to, I, I knew I wanted to be the shortstop of the New York Yankees at age six, and he becomes that, like, that's newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Like, but for some reason, wanting to be the shortstop as a, for, of the New York Yankees at age six and then becoming an investment banker, like, that's not a story? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, why should that necessarily, like, I, I don't get the... it it never comes true. So that should be one of the earliest life lessons. Well, I shouldn't say it never comes true. I don't want to squash dreams, but like, (laughs) you know, it's not necessarily always the most realistic thing. You know, we had, we've talked in the past about what we wanted to be as kids. And like, for me, I wanted to be a doctor. Well, that sailed as soon as I I almost failed biology in in high school. Like I realized this probably wasn't going to be for me and I was fine with that. You you know, I think that's kind of like an early life lesson to like the earlier you learn that, the more free you can become with making decisions and kind of getting into and out of new new endeavors
1: i also hope that parents and teachers let kids know though that they can they can be a bunch of different things and know that it's it's okay to experiment just because you get your degree in investment banking doesn't mean that you can't have other hobbies or you can't change your minds because we're living in a world that supports changing your mind and we're really lucky that we're living during this time like I feel like not to be all you know rainbows and unicorns but like you really can do anything right now if you want to but I think so many people hear that and say like oh but I can't because and that because is because generations before them didn't do it
0: I remember when I got into um my first internship because, you know, as I got into high school and my latter years in high school, you know, I wanted to go into sports journalism. That was sort of my, my passion specifically in broadcasting. And I interned in broadcasting and did a internship at a, at a television station. And I did all these things in college that a lot to put me in the position. And I realized after a couple of weeks at the, at the TV station, like, boy, for me to get to what I want to do, I don't think it's going to be as easy as, I might have thought it was going to be and I don't even like this lifestyle and I got out of it and I've had conversations with people I work with who have come from television and I've told them that story and you know so many of them have said to me the same thing you're lucky that you realized it so early on because it allowed you to pivot and go to something else whereas you know they kind of trudged through it for years and years and I don't necessarily think they regret it but um, they had to learn the hard way and um, you know, I, I think that's that's a life lesson that like, you know, you know, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Right. Like that's the rhetoric that we hear. But I also don't know if there's anything wrong with if at first you don't succeed, you can move on and try something else. And that's completely OK, too. And it doesn't mean that you're giving up or that you're quitting. I think it's nece- I, I think it's necessary sometimes for your your constant involvement as, as a as a human to try as many different things as you can until you feel like you found something that fits who you are. Um, Because I would have hated to have graduated and then worked as a camera operator for three years at a TV station or run the, you know, run the prompter trudging away, just hoping that something works out. I realized I didn't like it, And for me, I mean, this is my story. This isn't everybody's story, but for me it was, I have these skills that I learned through college and through some opportunities how can I make them and turn them, how can I turn them into something else? And I was fortunate enough to find an opportunity that allowed for that. There's no right or wrong, but we shouldn't look at it as a, as a failure, or we shouldn't look at it as I didn't, do, <laughs> I didn't do good because I moved on from something at a pace that felt right for me, not because the common rhetoric says, keep going, keep trying, eventually you're gonna figure this out. Maybe it's not for you. And don't be so hard on yourself if you come to that conclusion relatively quickly. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at Pod4Creatives and let us know which stood out to you.
1: You guys haven't decorated yet. I'm assuming. I feel like that's no, that not something that that you would stand for.
0: Uh, no. That uh, we usually decorate the weekend of Thanksgiving. Um, that's usually when we start getting everything out. Um, last year we had a snowstorm over Thanksgiving, so we had to get everything out pretty quickly on like you know that Friday before like we had a foot of snow come on on Saturday or Sunday. Some people, because there was so much snow, couldn't get their laser projector uh, out there because there was a foot of snow on the ground. It was great. It was like the best time snowstorm <laughs> ever. Didn't have to see those things all year. Um, we take decorating very seriously over here, not not to the gluttonous standpoint, but
1: somewhere between Scrooge, snobby, and gluttonous.
0: Yeah, I would say it's a very comfortable decoration. <laughs> like if you sat in our living room, you'd be like, oh, "This is comfortable. This is this is you know." Well, it's not understated where you're just like, is somebody decorating or are we just not doing it this year? That's what I feel like yours is like. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like if you were in my house, you'd be like, this is enough. I know it's Christmas and this is enough.
1: I feel like that's from what I've seen, the decor, every time you, you send me pictures of stuff that you're watching, like your living room <laughs> feels very, always feels very cozy.
0: Yeah, it's very homey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. especially now because it's like blanket season. So. Yeah, you, know, you can really kind of just slide right under and, you know, <laughs> pull the hood up over your head and, you know, I'm good for about an hour or so.
1: Hide, so. hide from the world.
0: Yes, yes, that's my, <laughs> that would be my my life's motto, I think. <laughs>